Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode and every episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our amazing patrons. If you like this show and you want to support it, you can head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the amazing reward tiers we have over there. You could even join us on like a Google Hangout. There's one happening tonight, probably, unless things changed. Things might change between now and two days from now. But as of right now, there's one happening tonight, which is Thursday, August 11th, if you're listening to this on release day. So, yeah, I mean, you could do something like that. You can come hang out with us. It's 25 bucks a month, and it's a pledge. So you actually don't even owe us the money until the first of the following month, which is how a pledge works. If you follow a creator that doesn't use Patreon that way, they're selfish. Anyway, that's probably not true. They're probably selfless. They just need the income from their creative stuff. Or they've been burned. Right, or they've been burned too many times. Generally, we find that if people sign up for our Patreon, they have already forgotten about it by the time the end of the month comes around because they get no value from it. That's not true. You get immense value, and they <laughs> want to stay. They end up continuing their pledge. Has it ever happened that somebody signed on and then left in the same month? Yes. Am I mad? I mean, I'm not mad. Just disappointed. Let's get on with the show. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Hercs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're going to infinity. Or maybe we're just completing the mission. And beyond. So pull my finger. Because today we're bringing you Lightyear. Except Tyler wrote Lot Year. I just want you to know that, Tennis. He wrote Lot Year. It was like Logat Year. Locht Year. Locht Year. My name is Boz Locht Year. Welcome to Star Command. <laughs> it was almost that. Uh, this movie was directed by Angus McLean, which is also the name of every halfling rogue I've ever created. Not like a halfling thieving rogue, more like a halfling international spy. Think Halfling James Ball. Think guy from Die Hard. John jo- McClane. John McClane. Yeah. Think that, but like Halfling, so he's a little bit more Scottish. Maybe he's like a dwarf. I think, but but that's spelled like John McClean, I believe. I think you're right, but And not McLean. <laughs> right, but Angus McLean. Leon McLean. <laughs> uh it came out on June seventeenth, twenty twenty two, which is fifty-two days ago as of this recording. There are 52 weeks in a year. There are also 52 days. There are just seven times as many as that also. Uh, $200 million budget, uh, $222.6 million at the box office, a 74 critic rating and an 84% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a clean 60 on Metacritic. Before we get to our scores, Ethan, I want to answer a very important question outside of my dwarf fighter. Who is Angus McLean? He was a halfling rogue a minute ago. He's the director of, of Lightyear. He's not... Just the director of Lightyear. Now, this was, I think it's very easy to come into Lightyear and say Pixar has taken this nobody director and given him a film. And especially if you didn't like it, I think it's really easy to be like, this dude obviously doesn't get Pixar. Or if you were like the former voice of Buzz Lightyear, to be like, this dude doesn't know anything about our Buzz Lightyear and what he did as a character. And like, I can totally understand if you do less than five seconds of research on Wikipedia about who Angus McLean is, how you may have that take. Also, if you're the former actor who plays Buzz Lightyear, um, suck it. <laughs> you lost the job. Stop being such a piece of crap. He did lose the job. He did lose the job. Like, like nobody forced him out of it. 
He like he declined it. Oh, did he decline it? I think I I don't know for sure. I think maybe Pixar called him and was like, "We have to." There's a contract that says we have to. Right, we have like, to talk offer to it to you, you but it. don't take it. But yeah, like if you ever want to do another Pixar movie, don't take this. Yeah, one. I don't think we're gonna see Tim Allen in another Pixar movie ever again. We're not seeing him in the Santa Claus, so I don't think we're gonna see. He's not in it, right? There's a new the Santa Claus the the TV show. I don't know anything about that. I, I, how do you know nothing? <laughs> I don't. I've never felt smart talking. I don't to keep you up with the until, Santa Claus news <laughs> until I started honing in. The problem here was my problem and my approach for my entire childhood is Ethan knew and had seen everything already. He'd heard every song. He'd seen every movie. It was impossible to like one up him on pop culture until fast forward seventeen years. Okay, we're and, I, sitting, and I don't know that there's we're the, the sitting Santa Claus. in my basement, and now all of a sudden Ethan has seen every movie but doesn't know pop culture news. This is the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> is the best thing that's ever happened to you? Air fried pizza rolls. Close to it. It might look so good. Um, I've begrudgingly seen all three of the Santa Claus movies, and um, I will not be watching the television show. I probably won't either. Uh, I know that Bertrand or whatever is returning for it. Bernard. Bernard is his name. The elf played by Johnny Galecki? Yes. Or no, not Johnny Galecki. That's from Elf, right? Johnny Galecki is um, from the Big Bang Theory. Bert Bernard is the guy from Numbers. I get him mixed up. Some um, anyway, Angus McLean, going back through his career, first worked on Jerry's Game, which if you don't remember, was the short that played before A Bug's Life. Uh, it was the very first Pixar movie. I also didn't know this. Fun fact. He did not know this. I had seen Jerry's Game. I didn't know the twist. Although we're watching, this is how freaking frustrating Ethan is as a human being. We're watching Jerry's game before we record this podcast, and it's about a game of chess. And the first move happens, and Ethan goes, "Oh, that's the Queen's Gambit." Shut up! <laughs> You're the one that said, "Oh, it's like the Queen's Gambit." <laughs> yeah, but then you were like, "Oh, that is the Queen's Gambit." Like that's the. Did chess you not move get playing. into chess when you watched the show? I didn't watch the show. I read the book. You didn't watch the show? I read the book. It was like an 11-hour audio You book. haven't seen the show? No, I've never seen the show. Tyler! Anya Taylor-Joy, is that her name? Yes. She's pretty. Yes, she is. Um, it's a great show. You should watch it. It's about 100 times better than the book, which sucked. The book didn't suck. I, I quite, I'd read the book again. The book sucked if you've already watched the show. Well, anyway, this is what I really like about Angus McLean. He's, he's an animator turned director who has almost... All of the credentials and credibility to talk specifically about the Buzz Lightyear that Woody would have been interested in when he was six years old. Let me let me pull up some stats for you. In 2000 to 2001, he was a partial director on Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which was the 2D animated series about Buzz Lightyear. In 2000, he was a partial director in Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, The Adventure Begins. He was also a co-director on Finding Dory, which I would argue is one of Pixar's other prequels. I know what you're saying. The end of Finding Dory is in the future. But, like, there's a good chunk of the film that is the past. The movie is about Dory's background, okay? I, I would argue that that's more of a prequel than this is. Yeah. This is not a prequel. No, this is a movie set within the yeah. Toy Story universe. This is a movie set within the Toy Story universe. Um, But, so he knows all of those things. He also was involved with... They don't even say what he does, but he was just involved with um, Coco, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, Onward, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Um, he was an animator on A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, Wally, which I think is incredibly important. We'll get back to in just a bit. Up, 
uh, and Toy Story 3. So he was involved in every Toy Story project, including the offshoots, except for Toy Story 1. And I think and this- And The Good Dinosaur. Toy Story projects. Oh, I thought you said Pixar projects. No, Toy Story projects. I just think it's funny that the other- Person, the other, <laughs> the other person that people would argue is like a nobody director that didn't really do that good of a job with a movie that nobody particularly likes is Peter Stone. I like the Good Dinosaur. I know you do, but I like this better. Yeah, well, yeah I would hope so. But uh, I also like Peter Stone's performance in this better. Who's Peter Stone? Socks. Oh, I want to talk about. Yeah, he's the guy. That's so funny. You said that because the I director gonna, of the Good Dinosaur. I was gonna say whoever they got for Socks ended up being some nobody, which I think. Was <laughs> an interesting move because you could have got like Toy Story Four got uh what's his name to do Forky. I think you could have done the exact same thing here and gotten Tony Hale. Tony to, Hale to do socks to do socks. I think it would have bombed. I think it would have too because people kids would be like, "That's Forky." Is this supposed to be a reference to Forky? Why does Buzz Lightyear sound different? <laughs> Forky sounds the same. <laughs> I don't understand. But if you had gotten like Benedict Wong to do socks or something, he's in everything. That's true. That's true. So, Tyler, what's your score for Lightyear? This is an easy answer for me, so I want to hear yours first. This is you, an easy answer for you. Easy answer for me. Uh, really? I want to hear yours first because I, I want you to know that mine's already locked in. Okay, I'm going to go with like an 85. 90. Okay, I can get behind that. Locked in. I I liked it more the first time I watched it. I didn't watch it again. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I probably would have said in the 90s the first time I watched it. Um, I laughed constantly, especially the first time I saw it. Oh, this movie's hilarious. That's so fun. I didn't laugh like at all. Really? Yeah. Oh, I laughed the whole time. This I is did. this is really good physical comedy in an animated movie. Like the fact that it's not just people saying punchlines. Yeah, I think. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I like what you're saying. The thing with the robots where they keep getting zapped back to the same part of the that ship. Is, that was funny. It just never got old, right? Like, <laughs> it, I was like, oh, they're going to do it 15 times. It's, it never got old. There was exactly like they kept extending the gap between when it would cut back to them. Right. And then the, it would pop in. It was good every time. And then it was the ship. The guy, the, the one robot like sits up and then the ship gets popped back. And you're like, oh, man, that was funny. It was funny. It's a funny movie. Big Sox fan. I'm a big Sox fan. I like Socks a lot. I think it's the best character in the movie. You think Socks is the best I think character? Socks is the best character in the movie. I think if you made a an animated movie, a Pixar animated movie about a robot cat named Socks that doesn't have any knees, that's a that's a 100%er and it makes a billion dollars. The problem is Pixar can't sit down in a room. Think about this. Pixar can't sit down in a room and say, "What if toys had feelings?" and pretend they haven't already done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now the whole thing for Pixar is just like, "What if people have feelings?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Right>? Like <laughs> what? the whole formula was like, what if, what if what toys if, had what feelings? If, what if books had feelings? What if cars had feelings? What if rats had feelings? had feelings? What if Scotland had feelings? What if feelings had feelings? And now they're just like, what if people had what feelings? If humans? Um, this movie to me, a lot of people who have seen it have commented that it is very derivative of 80s and 90s sci-fi classics. Which obviously it is. There's tons of elements of everything in here. Star Trek, Star Wars, Galaxy Quest, uh, Alien, uh, Independence Day. I mean, all these great sci-fi. I would movies. argue that it is equally derivative of like mid-2010s sci-fi in like Interstellar and Gravity and Ad Astra. Yes, I would agree with that. And what I think is so great, I'm glad you brought those up because I don't think it's a love letter to Interstellar, Ad Astra, or... Star Wars. I think it is derivative of those things, but it is a love letter to post space race 
sci-fi novels. Okay. This is a love letter. Say, say to, more. So this to me, what I love about it is that it hinders on science we don't quite understand. Yes. Which I think is the key to like The Martian and Project Hail Mary. And it introduces, there are so many more examples than those two. <laughs> the, the two anywhere novels the, that you've the read. Two, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar. iRobot. Interstellar. Um, I've read so many of these freaking sci-fi novels last year. Some of them were, were I guess not post-space, post-moon landing is what I'm talking about. 1974. Um, but even like Hidden Figures and stuff like that, which is not fiction. Um, I think it's a love letter to all of those things because of the way it hinders on this. Like, I'm sure you can hop in my comments and say that like, it's not a love letter to those things because they're a pretty one. I'll let me just rule these out right away. Okay. I know that buzz would have known going into the spaceship the first time that there would be time dilation. Okay. The fact that they didn't tell buzz that he was going to come back four years later. Well, they didn't know. Yes, they did. They were moving at light speed. They were 4.2 million light years away from earth. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think they thought about it about the fact that they were aging that like they had never separated from somebody yeah. who was going light speed. Yeah. Okay. So you think they were like Earth's first mission? Yeah. Okay. In yeah, I absolutely do. And, and like, regardless, this has explained time dilation to children. Yes. In a way that like, they made it so simple where they had Eric, the robot, be like, you know, every year they, or every minute that you were up there is a year for us. Right. You know, and it's like, and you watch all of these other movies, Reezy's books, and it's like, it's so complicated. How would we get it right? How would we they, ever And then know. they don't get it right. I'm sure and, this gets it wrong as well. Oh, definitely. But it doesn't matter. Right. They just explain it good enough. I think what makes it so good is that you can watch it and get mad that they got it wrong. Like you are believing this animated movie about Buzz Lightyear so much that you're mad about the, the time dilation right. problem. Well, and I mean, there is a reality, according to Lightyear, the movie where like Christopher Nolan stole everything from Interstellar from this right. because it came out in 1995 or whatever. <laughs> Uh, which you know like this is such an interesting thing right because like if you think about it in the canon of of toy story like this is a movie so like there's an actor that plays buzz lightyear that like isn't chris evans that is chris evans no no because chris evans was not old enough Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, but if, but if that, if they, if we, like there is an actor in the Pixar universe that is like a movie star for playing Buzz Lightyear. Also, I've seen. I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. There are a few elephants in the room when it comes to this movie. First of all, it's a 90 percenter because this movie could only ever be up to 90 percent. Does that make sense? It is a perfect 90 percent. Okay. Why is that? Listen, Pixar's made some fantastic movies. This peaks mid Pixar. What do you mean? It doesn't have the same je ne sais quoi as even finding Nemo or there's a certain league here. Okay. There's a tier chart where okay. like cars, Ratatouille. This is better than both of those. Yes. Stone cold. Easy. Well, Ratatouille is fantastic. It's not. I, you don't like it, but I do. Okay. I this don't is, have to like it. This is kind of how I explain it. Soul is a better movie than Onward and Lightyear. I like Lightyear and Onward better than Soul. Okay, I can see that. Like Soul, I can't see liking Ratatouille more than this. But you don't like Ratatouille, so that's that's not going to happen. Right? Yeah. 
But I do like Ratatouille. Right. I, but I don't think that you're correct about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ratatouille's like, amazing. I'm never going to understand that. It's okay at best. It's better than Cars. Um, what, sorry, what is that? Where does that positive review come from? M when it auto straddled. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Although that was the publication. No. I'm the autostraddler. Lightyear is very good movie. <laughs> I did find one. We love Boss Lightyear. I did find one from the Indian Times that was a negative review. And nope. I, did, I didn't want to do that. I nope. thought that was going to be bad. Um, so you can go and see that review on RottenTomatoes.com or <laughs> IndianTimes.com. I don't know what that is. If it's a bad website, it might be. If it's a, if it's a news website then that's what i thought <laughs> uh, it's um, probably not a porn website like uh that was like a joke for a solid 20 years is that like if you go to a website and you don't know what it is it's porn yeah but like he went to google with three o's but like i don't think they're writing reviews for movies on the porn websites and getting them submitted to I'm saying, i don't know if the actual publication oh, was oh, all oh, indian oh, okay, times okay, I just, okay okay there was a publication from india <laughs> like, i don't think we're ever gonna come up and be like this is john wigamore from from x hamster <laughs> <laughs> to everybody who just turned this podcast off because there's kids in the car you can't hear this sorry sayonara <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, read your positive review. No, before I get to the positive review, I want to tell you, I okay. saw a lot of comments being like, I can't imagine Andy at six years old would have seen this movie and wanted a Buzz Lightyear toy. I want to shut that shit down right now. Have you ever seen any movies with six-year-olds? They love everything. You took kids to see Transformers Dark of the Moon and they came out like, I need an Optimus Prime. The real problem- This is better than Transformers the, Dark of the Moon. The real problem with this movie is like, because, like, people were mad that they took their... Big Lick Comic Con was this weekend, and there was a Power Ranger there that everybody went to meet. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Sorry. I didn't either. I was busy. He was the Sean Astin of this year's Big Lick Comic Con. Sean Astin of this year's Big Lick Comic Con. <laughs> Here's the thing about Andy and this movie. It's like, a lot of people were mad... For the wrong reasons, obviously, but they're like, I took my six-year-old to see the Black Year movie, and there's a gay kiss scene in it, and now my kid's got to deal with gayness. <laughs> Good. But, like, if you take your kid to see this movie in 1995, you're you're writing to Pixar, you're writing to the movie studio and being like, I'm sorry, in the first 10 minutes, uh, my child had to watch a, an astronaut who watched his best friend in the world get old and die in front of his eyes as he continued to go on a fool's errand every single day. While everybody else evaporated around him for some fucking reason. Can you not do that to my children? I'm now having explained the concepts of life and death to my five-year-old in a way that they're uncomfortable with. And they won't stop crying and saying, why did he leave Alicia behind? <laughs> like, you can't show a kid this movie in 1995. Titanic hadn't come out yet. Kids was not ready for this. I was ready for this. And I would have wanted an Izzy or an Alicia I think that goes without saying. Here's my my biggest complaint about the concept of this is where Andy got the toy from. If this is the movie that Andy Davis got the Buzz Lightyear toy from, that buzz comes with a socks in the box. A hundred percent. Or Andy would have at least had the socks. This is an Ahsoka Tano problem. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't as egregious as Ahsoka Tano. It's pretty bad though. Like there's no Ahsoka world. Tano has seven seasons of television and then is not mentioned in the third movie. Right. And, and there's no way that she exists. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the person, the person who we get from Anakin Skywalker in episode three has not known love. 
Yes. Or loss. Well, I guess he's known love. Not platonic love. He's known not lust. Not the love between a, you know, not the love between friends. Maybe he has known the love between a master and apprentice. I mean, I don't think he has. That was like a, that was like a. Oh, about, about Daddy Juan Kenobi? No, about Padme. Oh. Although I, I, I don't think Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan took an oath of celibacy, I think. So did Anakin. Yeah, but like Anakin broke that because he had loose morals and a cool jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He's basically the Fonz. Right. Like, <laughs> but yeah, there's no way. Ponytail. There's no way that Buzz does not come with a socks in the box. Uh, I think there's a chance of it. I think Andy got, I have a complaint about the packaging Buzz comes in yeah. more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not the spaceship that he like very obviously flies in the movie. It's pretty close. No. Yeah. It's pretty close. What are you talking about? He flies like an X-wing in the movie. Yeah. The box he comes in is like a thumb. Like a thumb I mean, thumb it's a box. Spy Kids. It's a shoebox. It's not a shoebox. It's not a shoebox. It's a box box. Plastic covering. It looks like, I mean, this is a toy, but it looks like that. Yeah, that's not what Buzz is. That's pretty close. Uh, that's pretty close. If it doesn't come with the socks in the box, it does come with the sword. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the laser sword. Yeah. It probably, and also like it definitely comes with like a vine monster. Maybe not the vine monster. I, man, I think you the vine was a pretty, buzz. the vines were pretty, it's like we're part of the movie. But yeah. also like Zerg doesn't get invented until the second movie. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of continuity errors with the Buzz Lightyear canon. I don't think so. Well, Zerg's not there in Toy Story. So? Zerg would be there in Toy Story. Andy would have the whole group, the whole team. Andy has a single mother who is- Andy has a fucking lot of toys, my dude. No, my kids have more toys than And they're like a quarter his age. Ah, he's got a lot of toys. No, he doesn't. He has a slinky. He has a, 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 a pig, a dinosaur toy. Think about this. He's only got one of the Slinky Pets. Well, and Jurassic Park had one of the dinosaur toys. One. What else does he have? One Sheriff Woody. He doesn't have the rest of Woody in the gang. No, because the Woody in the gang died off when. This is my thing as a parent is like if Toy Story was about my kids, they would have Woody, but also like Wandy, the cheap TJ Maxx knockoff Woody. <laughs> and yeah. And. Woody Harris, where it's like Woody, but with a beret. Woody and would absolutely not have a hat. No. <laughs> the, the hat would be missing. <laughs> I thought that the hat, that any accessories for any of these toys stayed near Stuck nearby. around, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like, none of Buzz's parts come off. Right. Lucky Buzz. Yeah. He loses Buzz's pen. Uh, Buzz doesn't have a pen. Yeah, there's there's pens in the new Star Command suits. Are there? Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi pulls one out right at the end. It's in the sleeve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't watch like the last five minutes. Just now? I did. I'm proud of you. you. Read your positive review. I have a positive review here from N. Wynn from Autostradler. No, I think it's just Autostraddle. Uh, Pixar is encouraging us to dream about a reality in which we could have received an Alicia action figure for our birthdays. That's why I knew I was going to bring this up because I read this to me earlier. I read this to me. <clears throat> That's all, all I right. I've got a oh god, Jesus Christ! I am sorry to the whole population of the country I'm about to insult. This is a review from Paul Whittington of Irish Whittington. Paul Whittington of Irish Independent. Lightyear is a competent but forgettable. <laughs> the question that all of us 
the question to ask of all these sequels, prequels, and franchise spin-offs is whether they have any chance existing as standalone films. And in this case, the answer is a definite no. Yes, the answer is a definite yes, Paul Whitington. This is better than Toy Story and Toy Story 4, maybe. That's a stretch. Toy Story 4 is pretty good. Toy Story 4 is the best Toy Story movie, so this would have to be the best Toy Story movie for it to be better than Toy Story 4. It's one of the best Toy Story movies. It is It is better than 1 and 2, at least. Um, I'll see the an Prospector! I'll see an argument for 3, but barely. Uh, Toy Story 4 slaps, and this we're not going to slander Toy Story 4 here. This is better than... All right, let's just run it down. It's better than all three Cars movies. It's better than both Incredibles movies. It's better than Finding Dory. It's better not than better. Mm, Incredibles One. Is pretty good. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not um, better than Monsters Inc. It's not better than Monsters Inc. It's better than Monster University. Oh. It's not better than Finding Nemo. It is. Um, let's go for the recent ones. Onward. God, it's. I think I it's level. Yeah, all the all the recent ones are pretty darn good. For me, this edges out Soul. This uh, I don't this think edges this, out Turning Red. Yeah, but but it's close. Okay, so uh, this is better than Toy Story. It's better than The Bug's Life. Yes, yes. I don't know about Toy Story 2. No. It's not better than Monsters, Inc. No. It's not better than Finding Nemo. No. I would say yes to The Incredibles. You would not. Yep. I would say yes to Cars. Yep. Yes to Ratatouille. Yes to Wally. Yes to Up. Oh, uh, see, I think Wally is... We'll talk about Wally. We'll have to... I just, that is, I've, I've just never been able to care about Wally the way everybody else has. I don't know why. Wally and this have it's an interesting never dichotomy. Done for me. We'll get to it. Uh, Toy Story 3, probably not. Um, Cars 2, yes. Brave, yes. Monsters U, yes. Inside Out, hard no. Good Dinosaur, yes. Finding Dory, yes. Cars 3, yes. Coco. Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. I, 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 I think I would give this one to Coco. Yeah, I think Coco will stand the test of time better. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Incredibles 2, absolutely not. Uh, Toy Story 4, no. Onward, yeah, onward, Saul Luca turning red, I think is really where you start to get into the, to the weeds, to the weeds. Cause those are just so different from everything else that's come before them. Like <coughs> Pixar really rounded a corner and then took a step backwards, but not in a bad way. Like Lightyear is very Pixar for Pixar. The, the other like uh, onward, Saul Luca and turning red were not particularly Pixar when you think about it in the, in the grand scheme of things. So here's my thing with, um, Wally, because I think this is the easy comparison to make. Um, okay. What was the other time people did this? It was Coco and what? Uh, I don't know. It was recently people making like a, a Coco is similar to blank. And there was really like nothing similar. Of them. And Kanto? Book of Life? And Kanto. Yeah. Um, Coco and, and Kanto are similar in the fact that they are both centered around uh, Latin countries. But like country south of of the United, United, United States. States. Yeah. <laughs> like, not particularly that's, similar countries. That's about it, yeah. Um so I think Wally and this share but, similarity because they're both about space. Because they're both like these I think on the surface they're sci-fi films. I actually think after reflecting on it a little bit, I think on the spectrum of sci-fi fantasy, Wally lands more towards fantasy and this lands more towards sci-fi. Interesting. Okay. Um and I think it's because of the order of this story where <coughs> Wally doesn't really pull in the sci-fi elements. What I'm saying sci-fi elements like engaging the part of your brain that is interested in learning things. Okay. As opposed to fantasy, which is like engaging the part of your brain that is interested in imagining. Okay. At least that's the way that I'm kind of classifying these two in my mind. I think Wally does a really good job of giving you a fantasy movie for the first two acts and then kind of a sci-fi movie at the end. 
where this is sci-fi. It opens with sci-fi, if nothing else. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and I think like continues to push. Like Star Wars, I think ends up being more fantasy than sci-fi. Yeah, Star Wars is not sci-fi, right? Like that's, at all. Nobody's watching Star Wars. There's like a sci-fi detail in Star Wars, and it's that like if Han Solo can finish the Kessel Run in under twelve parsecs, it's because he bends space time. Yeah, that's like it. Yeah, no, Star Wars is about like space wizards, right? <laughs> with with like wand swords. Yeah, space space paladin wizards. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how I think about this. I love the time dilation story. I know we talked about it a little. I love that. It's brutal, but yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I love the way they did it and the way that they like chose to include representation with Alicia's character. Yeah, it seems like we're getting there. We're getting somewhere. To a point where like this felt very on the nose in a good way. Yeah. Um, but also like it didn't. Yeah. Cause it was completely, I mean, so there didn't in the way that it was very native to the story, but it did in the way that you're watching the movie and you're like, nice, <laughs> not like in like a weird way, but like stick it to them. Yeah. Put it in the light year movie. Yeah. Th Cause there's the great scene. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue where, um, Alicia is like, Oh, I got engaged. And Buzz is like, Oh my God, what's her name? That's the best. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like, you got to gauge somebody you just barely met. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's almost like a, like a lesbian meme. Be <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice to the lesbians. I mean, yeah, but that's the joke, right? It's like, well, there's the one that's like, what does a lesbian bring to a second date? You <laughs> all. <laughs> and so there's some part of me that is like, either, either the person who wrote this joke had no idea or the person who wrote this joke did that intentionally. <laughs> and it's just not a joke. Like, <laughs> um, that's so funny. I wouldn't have ever thought of that. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. I think I had probably like seen one of those, those gags like, right. that day. It's also definitely a play on people in the military. I'll tell you that much. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you want to talk about people getting oh, married super quick. Oh man! Oh, oh gosh! Don't do that. I do whatever you want. No, I'm not, I'm don't not your dad, do that. Please, unless you're God. my kids, in which case, if you are, if you talk are, about the military first. If you are 19 <laughs> and you're in the military, you make like zero money. Don't buy a Dodge Challenger and don't have a kid with some girl you've known for five minutes, please. Or don't have a kid with some man you've known for five minutes. This is the military in 2022. Ethan. That's that's harder to do though. I usually find five minutes is more than enough time. Yeah, but like for, for men to have kids together is a little tough. No, women can be in the military. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm giving it to women that they're making smarter decisions <laughs> than that. Well, because I don't see a lot of like of like military husband Facebook. You missing out, man. <laughs> Am I? You don't have kids. You don't know what it's like. I, you don't. You're right. <laughs> All these military husbands want somebody to watch their kids. All right. Where well, are you finding the military around while here? While their wife goes on tour. Or to fin to bed. Uh, That's an inside joke. It's called deployment. Deploy no, they go on tour. They go on a tour. They do a tour of duty. They do a tour. They of don't. Duty. They don't they go on. Nobody go going on tour. Going on tour, baby. Oh uh, my god, that's like. Oh my god, dude. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. This is my new I'm romance listening. novel. Uh, dear John in blue. Oh what? god, that's good. 
And there's a scene early on where two women are speaking. It doesn't pack the Bechdel test, although most of the characters are these two women. Uh, they just only talk about their husbands. And one of them says to the other, she goes, oh, what's your husband doing? And the first one, and the other one goes, oh, he's on tour. And then the first one goes, oh, mine too. And then the second one goes, Iraq. And the other one goes, Fort tour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but it my turns God. out as the movie goes on, the dude's a scumbag and it's the same guy. Yikes. Yeah. So I don't think this movie passed the Bechdel <laughs> test, honestly. Oh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking no. about it, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh man. Light year. I don't think this movie passes the Bechdel test. Kids these days. I made the joke about Transformers. Andy wouldn't have wanted this after seeing the wrong. Rise of Gru is in theaters. It made more money than this did. Kids want it. Kids want Lightning McQueen. Yeah. I think that might specifically be your nephews. They love. I think they're they're holding up the Lightning McQueen sales for all of the world right now. <laughs> they love Lightning McQueen. I don't get it, dude. Where can I, I don't, search on this website? Uh, I don't know what website you're on. The Bechtel Test website. Oh, uh, I'm certain they wouldn't make it easy. I went through a couple really inappropriate jokes before I decided not to say them. But for the tennies, you can imagine. Just like you. Lightwear. I said, I said, yeah, light, light year does not pass. Oh, man. Does socks count as a boy? They refer to him as a boy? Yes. Pretty sure. Pretty sure anytime two named women talk to each other, it's about Buzz Lightyear. For a film that introduces two really interesting female characters in the first act, it's disappointing to say the least. Now, to be fair, those two really interesting female characters are unstuck in time from each other. <laughs> like, I mean, one is a grandmother and one's a granddaughter. Right. I but like, we didn't see much of that. Okay. But how hard would it be? I mean, a one hour and 45 minute runtime is excessive. This movie felt long. Um, I did have to like watch it over the course of three sessions though. So that's probably why it felt so that's long. part of it. Yeah. Um, how hard would it be to have like, while buzz is in space, you cut to Alicia and Izzy sitting on a rock, looking out over the stars, talking about something other than buzz Lightyear for, for three sentences. I mean, now this, I mean, that's like the Beyonce song in the lion King, right? You're a little shoehorned right there. <laughs> My <But> God, <laughs> They really thought they were going to like win an Oscar with that too. Elton John. Baby. What? That's the way you win a Lion King Oscar. I mean, yeah, but that was 20 years ago. I know. But if they came back and were like, Elton, we need you to write a song for 30 Beyonce, years ago, almost. you would have been like, of course, I love Beyonce. Of course. I'm Elton, Elton John. John. Man, we, wow. That was, that was, nailed that. That was weird. That was weird. We've Elton. known each other for too long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell me about your, your experience watching this movie. What did you, what did you love about it? What did you hate about it? What did you... I guess it's 90. You don't really hate anything, but I think if you say socks, this is what I thought as I was watching it is if socks is your favorite part of this movie, this is a 70. Uh, why? Why? You, you defy that. So clearly my theory is wrong. Yeah. I like socks a lot. I know. I, he's a I great part of the movie. I don't dislike socks. I think, uh, the casting choice on socks was a little bit silly. The only times I think I, I like so nailed it. I think that was part of the of the beauty of socks. I can't believe you don't like socks that much. I don't dislike socks. I mean, he doesn't I have any knees. <laughs> like every time he moves, it's so goofy. He doesn't have knees. It's so good. 
He just walks around like, whoop, 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 and then like sits down by sliding his back legs under his front ones. He's adorable. And then, and then the, the, the white noise, which is like, yeah, did you have the subtitles? It says imitates white imitates noise. White noise. Yeah. This movie is so, f I can't believe you didn't laugh, man. When the robot is like, First head south out of the base. <laughs> no, sorry, that was, was wrong. wrong. <laughs> I'll go back. First head south out of the base, and then at the go through two stoplights, and then make a gentle left turn. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Let me go back. First head south toward the base, and then go through the first two stoplights, and then make a hard left turn. <laughs> And he's still doing it at the end of the movie. <laughs> Is he? I didn't see that. Yeah, there's like a, I think there's like a post credit scene, if I remember oh, correctly, really? where it goes back to him being like, first head, so out of the face. Uh, I don't know why it was so funny, but he's so good, man. Socks. What do you think of Taika Waititi in this movie? I said he was like my least favorite part. It's like they, they keep throwing him and stuff, being like, oh, do the cool thing, man. Yeah, you're so funny. Do the cool thing. Do the. Uh, it's got Coke, burgers. Burgers. Burger it's rings. Got a pen. Anybody need a pen? I've got a pen. There was a couple moments where I was like, oh, that's funny, but most of the time I was like, hey, man, do the cool thing. Do the cool thing. Well, you remember with the revolution? Yeah. Seems like you had a very special and intimate relationship with that spaceship. With uh, that cat. Somebody on this movie said it reminded them of Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought was actually a pretty good take that I did not consider. Yeah, I could see that. It's like it's like if Guardians of the Galaxy was led by not Peter Quill. Like a goofy space guy. No, Peter Quill's a goofy space guy. No, like a guy, a space guy that takes himself too seriously. Yeah, but like not quite. Zap Brannigan. Like I don't want to say Zap Brannigan. <laughs> I don't want to say, uh, that's a Futurama reference on bacon and eggs, baby. Like, I don't want to we're say we're doing it all oh now. God, we're not, we're Futurama's not a fantasy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the Futurama executive delivery boy thing is one of the greatest gags ever written. You know <laughs> about this, right? Him. Where, yeah, where he gets promoted at the end of the episode to, to executive delivery boy <laughs> and Bender, whatever the dudes say, the doctor is like, yeah, it's basically a title. It doesn't mean anything that people just use so they can feel important. And then it goes, oh, executive producer, producers. Matt Groening. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best, I do remember that. one of the best gags, the best meta gags in all of, all of filmmaking ever. Um, also that episode where Fry, like with the, dog? with the dog, heartbreaking. I've never watched it. I've just seen that episode. Like that that's was, one of the three episodes of Futurama I've seen. I've seen a lot of Futurama, <sighs> um, but not that one. I, I will say we we say the I'll make my own blank with cocaine and hookers thing way too much for people that don't watch Futurama. <laughs> it happens a lot. We'll be talking to Mary Clay in our group chat, and she'll you and her will say something like about having your own podcast or something, and I will type it out a hundred times and then be like. Mary Clay doesn't watch Futurama and she's going to get mad that I brought up hookers and <laughs> yeah. probably doesn't know the quote. She probably doesn't know. The, I mean, she probably does now that I'm saying it out loud. Like that's a pretty, I made a, joke. I made a fairly obscure oceans 11 quote today at work and Ben got me immediately. I felt oh, very yeah. justified. Oh yeah. Cause we were talking about something and I did the like, what did you guys get a group rate or something? <laughs> oceans 11. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he looks up and he goes, oceans 11. Nice. Like doesn't miss a beat. I'll tell you what, if I'll be 30 in three months and you, me, and not you, me, me, Jonathan and Ben talk about Euro trip way too much for three guys that are about to be in their thirties or already there. Yeah. Euro trip comes up a lot. Euro trip. 
Did everyone else see your trip? No, no. I think it's just the four of us. No, because everybody knows about the Matt Damon thing, and everybody knows Scotty doesn't. Know. Yeah, I know, but like nobody's seen the movie. Like if you talk to anybody, they're like, "What are you t-? like? You like, made out with your sister." Kate dude. knows the Kate knows the Scotty doesn't know thing. Knows about Matt Damon and like how he was like filming something else, and they just like replaced the singer last minute with Matt Damon, and uh, that's his best cameo. Yeah, that and Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor Ragnarok was a contender. But Thor Love and Thunder was so not good that Matt Damon's cameo. They outdid it. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he comes back and is in, in like with the glasses and the suit <laughs> on, it's like, so we should start writing a play about this, right? <laughs> um, Eurotrip. We're the only ones that have seen it. Yeah, I think so. Have you seen Eurotrip, listener? <laughs> I was like, I have. Have you seen Out Cold with Zach Galifianakis and Tom Patrick Lennon? I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> You all have to watch out cold. Now. King of the Mount. Is that what that's from? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Fair. I'm. You're gay. What? Yeah, you're gay. Everybody knows. Nobody cares. I was going to say adopted. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hands in. What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, Eurotrip has one of the best uh, joke repetition pieces ever. When they just when they keep hearing the song in like different versions, oh, yeah. and like by the time they get to the club in Bratislava, it's there's been like a European like Euro House, Euro House version of yeah, in like in in whatever language they speak in Bratislava, <laughs> which I don't even know what country that's in. Um, Michelle Trachtenberg <laughs> has Michelle Trachtenberg done anything since that movie? Because the guy that plays uh, the guy who plays Cooper was a 21. Yes. I was thinking about 21 the other day. I'm playing a lot of card games lately. Yeah. We talked about this in the hash browns last week and maybe the big episode. Who knows? Uh, $5 a month. Patreon.com. Carry on. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Excuse me. I was thinking about the movie 21 the other day. Yeah. And I've been playing a lot of card games. You can just delete that whole section. And then this part where I said this. Okay. And, uh, I don't think like if I learned, if I played blackjack long enough, I couldn't not count cards. Yeah. Like I eventually I would get to a point where like, okay, the hand I'm dealt is not a long enough game. I need to figure out how to make the game longer. Right. How do I do that? Okay. Well, let's look at patterns in the game. What hands am I winning? What hands am I losing and why? Yeah. Are you going to start counting cards? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying so you're going might- to get beat up by Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> If hold on, if you go to Vegas and cheat by Lawrence Fishburne, if you go to Vegas and cheat, Morpheus gets to beat you up. I think with with rings on every finger. (laughs) I think it's worth it. Does Keanu Reeves do the last blow? I don't think so. I don't think he's there. He might be. He's too busy making the being Batman in the League of Super Pets. This stupid concept. What a stupid movie. I'm sorry. I probably made a trillion dollars. I bet there's six-year-olds who were like, I, I need a Superman dog. I need Dwayne the Rock Dogson. <laughs> I need the I Kevin, need Kevin Hart, Hart dog. dog. I'm six. I'm six. I don't know any better. It's my birthday. I didn't even ask for this. Somebody gave it to me. Six-year-olds don't get the... My, you know what my daughter wants for her third birthday? I get that three is half of six. Okay. I've, I'm here. Yet. Do you know what kind of birthday we're having for Olivia? Water park themed. Pink rainbow, water pink park rainbow water themed. park themed. <laughs> I guess she'll probably have a different idea for a birthday party by six. She might want like My Little Pony. She might want Woody and Buzz. Woody and Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she will. Because I'll be like, "Hey, kid, 
You know, it was know, cool. Buzz Lightyear. You know what? We just watched Star Wars. You did not like it. It was from the 70s. Your generation does not get it. Darth That's Vader, be, little scary. going to be a tough pill to swallow for me over the next nine years. Yeah. Uh, no, because sh- there will be some Star Wars show out that she loves. <laughs> by the sucks. time that she's <laughs> six, that you just hate. <laughs> You know, it's scary. It's like we might know those projects here pretty soon. Yeah, they probably already are in the works. Oh, they're definitely already in the works. But we might know. Yeah, like she like she, by the Mando season seven, it's gone animated. Yeah, <laughs> Mando, Mando's. It's just Mister Rogers, but he's wearing the Mandalorian <laughs> helmet the whole time. So I can bring you in cold, or I can, or I can bring, bring you, you in warm. warm. And I'm this. I'm feeding my fish now, just so the blind kids know. This is a. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reference to turkey sandwiches. Do you kids want a hot or a cold turkey sandwich? <laughs> and then Bill Burr there is, is there for some reason. <laughs> Bill Burr. You know what I fucking hate? Turkey I, sandwiches. I fucking hate turkey sandwiches. <laughs> turkey sandwiches, they're always slimy. You put the turkey on the outside for some reason. <laughs> I just don't fucking get I it. I just don't fucking get it. <laughs> And I go to the grocery store and they're like, do you want the thin sliced turkey? And I'm like, no, that shit falls apart. <laughs> you can't hold a sandwich with thin sliced turkey. <laughs> it's been Bill Burr. <laughs> it's been Bill Burr and Tin Jar and on a children's variety show. You know what I fucking hate? Kids. Puppets. Fucking kids. <laughs> fucking kids. Like, My kids haven't spoken to me in 30 years. <laughs> why don't you just fucking grow up, you know? I was in the King of Staten Island. What are you doing being fucking young? Pete Davidson. What a fucking kid. Lost his dad on 9-11. Broke up with Kim Kardashian. Pete Davidson. Got her name tattooed on him and everything. That's a, that's not even a little bit of a flex for a Pete Davidson girlfriend. What do you mean? Arna Grande like went multi-platinum mentioning Pete's name and Mac Miller. Yeah. In a song. That's true. So like a tattoo? <laughs> Pete Davidson's tattoos aren't going to last as long as Thank You that's Next. That's true. He's already got most of them removed. Thank You Next is going to be around forever. Yeah. That's that's going to stay. Bro, I love you. I love you. Right. Shit's, Shit's catchy. Shit is very catchy. You can have a rough eight months. <laughs> Thank You Next is never leaving. Nope. Oh, that's going to be one that's rough. You know, have I told you about my dad and the song uh, Jesse's Girl? I have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah. To catch you up, listener, my father doesn't like Jesse's Girl and didn't when it came out. That's, I think, what Ariana Grande is going to be like when my kids are like, Dad, look at this awesome music from your 20s. I'll be like, it's <laughs> Ariana Grande. It. Thank you, next. <laughs> right. like, yes, okay. That's why did you play no, that? No, because there's no world in which that, like, my child in the future puts on, like, Seven Rings or whatever that song is called. The like breakfast at Tiffany's and bottles oh, yeah, yeah. of bubbly, and I'm not just losing it in the oh, kitchen. There's cooking breakfast. There's plenty of Ariana Venti songs. That my I am. my kids put on. Don't mind if I do by Mac Miller. <laughs> if my kids put on any Mac Miller, I'll be like, yes, man. I'm I, gonna be like, fuck you. What you mean? You don't get nothing from me. I thought you guys were gonna like Fallout Boy, but this is a close second. Yeah, this works. <laughs> hey, hey, children, have you seen the Tiny Desk? Okay, that's what we're doing for the rest of the morning. <laughs> now this guy is called Thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing bass on this for some reason. Which, if listen, if you've never watched the Mac Miller Tiny Desk, go do that. I've never seen it. You should go do that. Not right now, but like later. The rest of the podcast is Tyler reacts <laughs> to the Mac Miller Tiny Desk. <laughs> uh, it was like two months before he died. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's big. Like uh, I guess he didn't know he was gonna die, but 
It's this this the Ma Rainey's black bottom thing where you can just like the no light behind his eyes. Oh my god, dude, that movie slapped. Yeah, it did. Could you watch it again? I haven't. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I actually want to get more into these. I need to watch it again because Kay never saw it with me. I need to get more into these plays on film. Also, plays on stage. Yeah, that's fair. I think plays are such an underrated medium, dude. For real, because we lived through the musical like Renaissance and have been, right. and like people have forgotten about like Broadway plays or just like like I was in <sighs> I was in New York back in October, right? Yeah. And while I was in New York back in October, or maybe it was like shortly thereafter, which is why I didn't like make an effort to go, but you could see Jeff Daniels play Atticus Finch at To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. Like on Broadway. Yeah. Like, I want to see I that. I wouldn't cast Jeff Daniels as Atticus Finch. I would. Jeff Daniels is Boo Radley. Jeff Bridges is Atticus Finch. Man, I watched The Giver last night. Is it bad? You seen that movie? Uh-uh. It's fucking terrible. That's why. I'm a huge... Lois Lowry. Guy. Dude, I've never read the book. I have it upstairs. Um, you want to borrow it? No, I have a copy. I don't know why I didn't read it last year. It's like 40 pages. It's very short. But like the movie's so bad. And Jeff Bridges plays the giver. Oh. And I love Jeff Bridges. I love Jeff Bridges. One of my favorite living actors. He is so wrong for that part. You know, kid. You, you're sometimes you, you got to experience war. got to experience colors. Yeah. My first was yellow. You know, it's so funny. We're not big Lebowski fans. Oh, I am. No, you're not. You might have seen it, and you might, you know, oh, the rug ties the room together. We go bowling in my bathroom. I'll tell you, that's what I fucking know Jeff Goldblum. Not Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Bridges? Jeff, uh, John Goodman. That's what I know John Goodman from. That's your John Goodman role? Yeah, not Roseanne. It was Roseanne for me. Yeah, no. Fuck Roseanne. Roseanne's the worst. Yeah, Roseanne's not great. I didn't like Roseanne, but I knew. There was another one that he did. There was like a movie or something. I mean, I know John Goodman from Monsters, Inc., so I knew John Goodman from Monsters, Inc., but there was a on-camera, he did a part other than Roseanne that I would have seen when I was young. Maybe, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I mean, yeah, I definitely saw Oh Brother, Where Art Thou younger than I probably should have. Yeah. Yeah. That was one that, man, yeah. you, all of a sudden, you know what that looks like. That's a movie that we quote at The Office way too much. It's the uh, oh, it's God. geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> He's bonafide. I don't want fop, goddammit. I'm, I'm a Dapper, Dapper Dan, Dan man. man. I don't carry Dapper Dan. I carry Fop. I can order Dapper Dan for you, but it'd be about two weeks. <laughs> oh. Who the, it's George Clooney. Uh, George Clooney, John Turturro. John Turturro is the Tim name Blake Nelson. Have you watched Severance? I have not. I'm just yes. Gonna, no, I have. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I thought you were talking about Succession for a second. We have to watch Succession. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't want to. It looks yeah, stressful. Do. I know I do, but it looks hard to Brian watch. Brian Cox, man. It's like... Gilmore Girls politics. <laughs> We're gonna do dialogue. This also, is a, have this you, is a I, heavy cut let's, dialogue. Let's go show. back to let's go back to a thing you said a minute ago for a second. You wouldn't cast Jeff Daniels as Atticus Finch. Have you seen the newsroom? Yes, I've seen the newsroom partially. I mean, I don't think he's the top actor that I would choose, but like I would like to see him do it. That's because the top actor this is another one where John Hamm is the obvious choice. John Hamm would make a great Atticus Finch. Great Atticus Great Atticus Finch. If you want to do a young Atticus Finch, Dan Radcliffe. But uh yeah, like before that it was it was the the time I was in New York before that, Brian Cranston was doing Network, which is a, a play about a guy that has a heart attack in the middle of a news broadcast. Oh. Yeah. I just love plays, man. I think if you know what I fucking love, nobody wants to see plays anymore. That was a little Chris Rock in there. You know what I fucking love? 
Nobody wants to see plays. Nobody wants to see plays anymore. <laughs> I just can't fucking stand. They get up there and they got to sing the goddamn songs. I just want to watch oh, the Will play. Smith just slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> Will Smith. Uh, you were talking about uh, Severance. Have you watched Severance? This is how I'm going to pitch it to the viewer if they haven't watched Severance. Yeah, but have you watched Severance? Um, I was having really bad panic attacks about four episodes in, so I, I took a oh. break and have not returned okay. to it. Um, so I guess trigger warning. That happened to me. It may or may not happen to you. I don't know if it was related to the show. Trying to think of what happened four episodes in. No, it was like the whole vibe for like episodes three and four. I don't think there was like a pinpoint trigger. Did you get to the waffle party? I don't think so. Okay. I saw the... Actually, trigger warning. You might want to check out the trigger warnings on Severance before you watch it. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and blanket statement that. Yeah. Because um, I got to the part where the girl does the thing in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, and that's how I'm going to... sugar. Anyway, picture this, listener. John Turturro, Christopher Walken, gay relationship. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic show. Very good. You should go back and finish it. I, I want to. I'm much better now than I was... When I was watching. I just watched The Bear. Is that what I think it's about? What do you think it's about? Is it about a queer romance? No, not at all. Oh, man. Not at all. Did I just super insult this show or people who know what that term means in the context no, I was just no, talking about? No, not okay. at all. There, it, it is, it's the, the one about the chefs. Oh, dude, you'd think I'd love that. You would love it. I'm a, like a cooking show you guy. You would love it. Oh. I mean, it's like, it is, it is not, you know. You know what I can't fucking stand... Alton Brown, why you got to be so fucking smart about food all the time? I, did you know that Alton Brown went on Hot Ones? I went on Hot Ones, by the way. Fucking impossible. But it's the guy that... Uh, did you know that Alton Brown went on Hot Ones and said that he gets so mad at the grocery store that he leaves his cart and just walks out because he sees all the shit you people are buying? <laughs> I did not know that. Um, and Bill Burr on Alton, Alton, Brown. Alton Brown. Anyway, it's a it's a, about a guy who leaves his job as like a Michelin star chef to go run his brother's like Italian beef sandwich in Chicago. Oh yeah, it sounds like something I'd be all about. Yeah, it's very good. Maddie Mastin's in it. Is there a is there a, is there a kids? There's like a kid who works in the restaurant, right? Or is that a different show? Um, she's not a kid. No, I'm thinking of a boy. Okay, and I'm watching of the summer I turned pretty. I have not seen that. I, I just did in the background. Emily's really good at watching shows. I'm not. I don't, I don't know how it happens. Well, you should watch The Bear because it's like eight episodes and they're all 20 minutes long. Okay, yeah. It sounds it's like a Hulu show. Um, and if you're watching stuff on Hulu already, you should watch Only Murders in the Building. That's, That's a show about also. podcasts. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Our 20-year friendship. I'm Steve. I can't do Steve Martin's. No, you really can't. Steve Martin's pretty inimitable. Um, thoughts on Lightyear. Can come, can bring, bring me back to that. Um... I don't know if it was because I was wearing AirPods, but I think I was watching it without AirPods at one point. Is the audio weird in this? Um, it's got the, well, so I was watching it today on like good headphones and it's got the like early 2000s action movie problem where like the, mu the music and the action's really loud and the dialogue's really quiet. I but felt like, I felt like can the we whole talk? time Chris Evans was closer to the mic than anyone else. Probably. I mean, I think that a lot of these things are, are like happening like a lot of these these Pixar movies got like voiced during COVID. You know what I bet it was? What? I, I think this is how you explain it away. If you're Angus McLean, is you say, well, we took the audio from the mic inside the space suit. The space suit, yeah. Um, we talk about another disappointing Michael Giacchino score. I thought you'd bring up the score. Yeah, because it was nowhere. 
It was a nothing score. <coughs> um, I, uh, this is the guy that wrote The Incredibles. This is the guy that wrote The Incredibles. This is the guy that wrote Married Life from Up. Yeah. Like, hey, Michael, what are you doing? There's got to be a reason in universe why Andy wouldn't have wanted to listen to the music. Because, like, you know what has- Because the music from Woody's Roundup slaps. You know what has good music? Yeah, that was Randy Newman. I'm from Woody's Roundup. You know what has good music? Star Wars. Yeah. You know what has good music? Uh, Like, um- 2001 A Space Odyssey. You think 2001 Space Odyssey has good music? Yeah, it absolutely that's does. A, you think that's a defining characteristic of that movie about space music? Yeah, I do. I would agree. Yeah. You know what is good music? Interstellar. Gravity. Ad Astra. Ad, the, only, Ad, the only good thing about Ad Astra was the mu- music. Do you think Where, Shania Twain listens, watches Ad Astra and just says, that don't impress me much? Right, yeah, it's like the three things that Shania Twain doesn't care about. It's like, <laughs> it's like Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt rocket dri- scientist. Yeah, rocket scientist drives a sports car or whatever. Right. <laughs> that don't impress me much. Which, uh, here's the thing. This movie is a lot like Ad Astra, except at the end it's old Buzz instead of Buzz's father. You haven't seen Ad Astra. I know this. Don't bother. I think I will. You know, I, I'm on a, I'm, I'm accepting so much the fact that I am a sci-fi fan which is something I resisted for so long. Yeah, but you just like read Project Hail Mary and you're going to begin at Astro and try to like connect things to, to that kind of feeling and you're it's never going to get you there. You know what's so funny? I think Project Hail Mary might not be that good. But is that good? You're absolutely incorrect. <laughs> I, I mean, it's extremely readable, but it. I think 10 years from now, The Martian will stand the test of time. Uh, Project Hail Mary will essentially be the Da Vinci Code. I think the Da Vinci Code has stood the test of time. I don't know what you're talking about. And also... <laughs> I will blame Ryan Gosling for that. He's the wrong choice. Oh, I thought you were saying an Ad Astra for something. No. No, the acting in Ad Astra is not the problem. You have Brad Pitt, who is an all-timer. You have Tommy Lee Jones, who is an all-timer. Just not doing it. <laughs> it's also the, maybe the worst color grade ever in a movie. Like, that was the moment where, where Hollywood got called on its shit for the, the teal and orange thing. Yeah. And had to legitimately be like, okay, we got to dial this back. <laughs> we gotta warm use scenes you gotta, warm scenes. We gotta use more colors in our movies. Hey, Wes. Um, so now Brad Pitt's in Bullet Train with Bad Bunny and Joey King from the Kissing Booth. And Joey King from the Kissing Booth. Remember the time she got high on the Kissing Booth and it was a scandal? I don't think that's a scandal. I don't think it's a scandal either. Daniel Radcliffe was like drunk for the last three Harry Potter movies. Was he really? Yeah. I don't know. You that. didn't know this? Mm-mm. Daniel Radcliffe's an alcoholic. That I believe 110%. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fully sober now. But yeah, he like would like go out every single night. You gotta remember, we took this kid at ten years old, and we're like, "You are God now." And then, oh yeah, no. And then at twenty eight, we were like, "By the way, the person that made you God is the devil." Is the devil? Yeah. <laughs> I I saw an argument the other day that said that we should no longer let kids be in movies because they don't need to be exposed to Hollywood, and that all children in movies should be played by adults on their knees. <laughs> Or just animated. We'll just animate the kids in there. I just immediately thought of the Polar Express. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 yeah, no. All no. children in the future are played by Andy Serkis and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Smaug. <laughs> you know what I can't fucking stand? Smog. Smog. <laughs> you got all this fucking gold in your fucking What do you misty- need it for? What do you fucking need it for? What are these dragons holding gold for anyway? Would you see Bill Burr live? 110 percent yes. I would. I would pay 110 dollars for a Bill Burr. Bill Burr is the kind of guy that I hated before the Mandalorian, though. There was definitely like I a just moment, didn't get him. And I think, listen, I think there's a certain maturity to liking Bill Burr, and that sounds super Tinder pickup liney. 
I think it's more nuanced than that. There's two sides of the bell curve to people that like Bill Burr. Bill Burr, right? Like if you're in the middle of the bell curve, you don't like Bill Burr. <laughs> right. If you're a piece of garbage, you like Bill Burr. If you're not a piece of garbage, I think, and you like can get it, you like Bill Burr. It's the same thing with like the blue collar comedy tour guys. I think. Yeah, I think if it's right, jokes it's some, that make you laugh. You like Bill Burr. At some point, you get <laughs> smart enough that Larry the Cable Guy is hilarious right, again right. on the other Get end. <laughs> Especially once they tell you like he's it's a it's a character and, and he he's does playing this and he's playing yeah. this character right and like I went back and like watched some Bill Engvall the other day. Oh, good. Bill stuff. Engvall's hilarious. He was always the best. Now, Ron, Ron, if I say you should salad, watch, you missed the whole point. Of you it. should watch. Ron White and I, I. I would not normally advocate for this kind of thing. You should watch Ron White on Two Bears One Cave. Why? Why would you not advocate for that? I don't know. I'm just like I. I feel weird being like, oh, you guys should watch the the like the comedy podcast from two dudes that are like barely skating above the cancellation line. But anyway, Bert's gone they for that the episode. Same thing as Bill Burr, where, and I think this is there's a certain controversial take here that I don't want to have. If it's jokes that are funny, that's fine. This is what you have to do with this the comedian. You can make jokes that are funny that you don't believe. You can't deal with the fact that you will have an audience that they are truths that are funny too. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I've, I've dropped some zingers tonight. But uh, yeah, Ron White goes on Two Bears, One Cave, talks to Tom Segura about how he stopped drinking apparently like five years ago. No way. And just his whole like journey through that. It's it's so good. Ron White was always hilarious. He was good. He's still good. Yeah. I'm not dead. No. I don't know that he performs anymore though. Ron White could be Atticus Finn. Ron White probably do better at Jeff Bridges than the giver. You got rabies, and I'm gonna shoot you with this gun. That's my Ron White as Atticus Finch talking to the dog with rabies. So you said dog with rabies. I thought about Old Yeller. I was like, that's a completely different movie. No, there's a dog with rabies. Yeah, no, I, I'm remembering this, but I completely forgot about it. Down the street lives Boo Radley. Boo, Ron White can play Boo Radley. <laughs> I think, how did you picture Boo Radley growing up? I don't uh, even know how it's supposed to be pictured, how how he's supposed to be pictured. How did you picture Boo Radley? From the movie. I don't think I've ever seen that part of the movie. Oh, I've seen the movie like 25 times. So you saw the movie then before you read the book? Absolutely, yeah. What does Boo Radley actually look like? He's just like a guy. I pictured the thing from the Goonies. <laughs> um, You haven't seen Sling Blade either, so that doesn't really help. Uh, no, I can't fucking stand Harper Lee. You're going to drop an American classic on us. She and then, writes one book and then just disappears. And then 40 years later writes another one that's not even that good. It's really not. All right. So Lightyear. You got anything left to say about this this lovely movie that Pixar I like, liked it. I wanted to watch it again. I wanted to watch it again almost right away. It's good. It's it's hilarious. It is very funny. It's a good movie. Um, And I love that it just like sits in this spot where like, it doesn't matter to the continuity of any of the stories that it is like, it is a movie within a movie, which is not something you normally or really ever get. Right. And like, I would love if they started doing that, like in the MCU, I think the concept of like sequel is really starting to get worn out and we're yeah. finally getting to spin off territory in would a way that like spin off will be except this is a $200 million movie. Would you watch a Tony Stark biopic set in the MCU universe where like they cast Tom Cruise to play Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Playing Iron Man. I was thinking like Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch I would watch Andrew Garfield eat cereal for an hour and a half straight. 
I mean, yeah, we saw Tick, Tick, Boom. Like, it's basically what that was. What I'm trying to say is Tick, Tick, Boom, I think, is in my top five. It's a real Vanessa Hudgens renaissance, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she's only in, like, one song. What? No, she's the... I mean, she's not the girlfriend for the past part of it. No. She's the girlfriend in the stage show. Yeah. 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 And she nailed it. The she therapy scene. Man. Incredible. They do that counterpoint? Oh, my God. I w- Can I perform Tick, Tick, Boom? Like the whole show? Like, like if I rent out the theater and practice the show and perform it as a one man show, you can't play piano. I, what if I learn? I mean, yeah, then, then go for it. Anyway, tick, tick, boom, the movie with Andrew Garfield in my top. It's pretty damn good. I think all time. It absolutely deserved Oscars and it got none. Have you seen anything? We still haven't seen the best Garfield movie though. I'll tell you that much. Andrew Garfield, not Garfield the cat. Chris Pratt's Garfield is great. (laughs) You know that's happening, right? Is it really? Yeah. In addition to Mario? Yeah. Why? It's a me, a Mario. April, was that good? No, Mario! Listen, we just need to... uh, (laughs) I'm Luigi! Who is Luigi? Charlie Day. (laughs) Carol! (laughs) Daisy! Man, I don't care if you like It's Always Sunny. We were talking about singular great episodes of like TV it's shows. Sunny. I'm not saying you don't. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't love It's Always Sunny. It's not I like don't love it either. I mean, but like the, the Eagles fans, Blech. the the Pepe Sylvia episode where the where the Carol thing comes from. <laughs> if you've never seen it, not only do all these people exist, they've come down here asking for their mail. <laughs> it's so good, man. Uh, We're going to get fired. Oh, we already have been. (laughs) Just go watch that singular episode. You need need no context for it. Have you seen any movies in the past 12 months that have made it into your top five? Tick, Tick, Boom makes it. There is another contender that I saw for the first time in the last 12 months, only because I keep thinking about it. I couldn't tell you what I've even seen in the last 12 months, honestly. All right, what was the last movie to add to your top five? I I don't know. I don't don't classify it that often. I don't either. That's what makes it so tough. yeah. Um, but I'll tell probably you, Ford versus Ferrari. Ooh. If not something more recent, but that's the mo- that was the first one I saw that like really just like moved the needle. Yeah, because like there you was know who's not moving the needle anymore. The guy Christian <laughs> Ken <Bale> Miles. Plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I saw that movie and and there was some part of me that was like this can't be in your this can't be your top five, man. Like you're just you're just a guy. You're just a guy. You're like just a guy likes guy. You're stuff. just a guy likes guy stuff. And then I've seen it like eight times this, since then, and I, it's the only. It's virtually the only movie I've rewatched in the last four years. It's so funny you mentioned that because the movie that came to my mind is also a sports movie that led to an interest in a sport that I previously have had like some interest in it, but now have more interest in. I mean, that's Fortress Ferrari is how I got into F1. I know. And yeah. that's what I'm saying is yeah. that's Moneyball for me. I saw for the first time in the last 12 months might be in my top five. <laughs> Man, you really should have come on that episode that we did without you about <laughs> Moneyball because neither I or Seamus liked it that much. You didn't like Moneyball? I, it was okay. I think what I liked so much about Moneyball is... I think it's just because I, I that, like that's the only sports movie that I've ever like lived through. I mean, you weren't watching baseball. In that Absolutely, movie. I was. Oh, because that was... You're right, because that was when Boston was good too. Yeah, no, I remember Jeremy Giambi. On the A's? Yeah. Yeah. He just Johnny, died recently. Johnny Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. I've never watched baseball more than I did back in those days. When when Johnny Damon yeah. was around. When they eventually make the Derek Jeter biopic, that's the one that will get me. Like, 
that'll be my all-time favorite sports movie. I, anytime there's a sports movie that on the other side of it, you want to like a real-life team, like United, about the Manchester United plane crash. Yeah, I still never seen it. Tenet. Like, at the end of it, you're like, yeah, I'm... I mean, I went into it, you're not a United fan, but, like, on the end of it, you're like, oh, now I know the story of the team. I think... I mean, that's not the story. There's no world forever. in which I finish watching Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, a movie that I love dearly, <laughs> and become an Eagles fan. And become an Eagles fan. No world. Uh, but you watch like, uh, we are Marshall and you're like, oh man. Yeah. Plane crash. Yeah. We are Marshall. You guys aren't in the ACC. Sure. <laughs> we are Marshall. Uh, yeah. and then you watch Moneyball and you're like, yeah, the Oakland Hayes, what a great story. Oh yeah. Fuck the Red Sox. Those rich bastards. You know, and then you come into watching fever pitch as a kid and you're like, oh, the Red Sox, I guess they're, they, yeah, they're the poor team and the yeah. Yankees are the rich team. Wrong. No, that's not ever been true. <laughs> Yankees, the Red Sox are the rich teams. The rich teams. Everybody yeah. else is the poor teams. Yeah, everybody else is the poor teams. <laughs> I think that was probably the case, especially in 2004, probably to 2015. I think it maybe it's leveled out a little bit now. I don't think the A's can compete with the Yankees, but I think the A's are back on their Moneyball shit. Really? I believe so. I think they have like the lowest payroll. Like that, there are single players making more than the entire A's payroll right now. I believe. No. Again, way. yeah. There's some team. It may not be the A's. There's some team that. Uh, is currently like running. Is you know what's crazy about the A's? If you're an East Coast sports fan and baseball is not your, you might not know the A's are real. Yeah, you might very well not know that, especially at this point with the Raiders gone, you might not know that Oakland exists. <laughs> and then like the current NBA, San Francisco, the current right? NBA champion <laughs> come from Oakland, but they don't right. identify as Oakland. <laughs> right. That's crazy to me because Oakland, I think the A's, the Raiders, I know they're in Vegas now. Yeah, it's all about being like rough and tough and being Oakland. And then you got the State, the Golden State Warriors who play like clean, yeah. shiny basketball. <laughs> yeah, they're like so they're the Splash Brothers, right? They so play, neat. they play so, drippy basketball. It's so crazy. There is in a lot of sports. There's like a oh, very we're doing cool, the thing again, Tyler. We talk about sports. I know we're gonna have to segue this into a hash brown. I know. I you know what? We will segue it into hash browns because I have thoughts on the structure of basketball all right i don't think the light year fans are gonna enjoy are, yeah it. okay so let's, let's talk some movie news yeah all right so we've done our scores do, do, do. oh i need to watch the andor trailer and react to it live lucky for you ethan i've already qe'd it up i was about to do a what if bill burr was in star wars but he freaking was, he was in star that wars that we got there anyway that's how we got there is that no yeah no it's not this looks amazing yeah they were like, hey, Diego Luna, do you want to be in it? But do you know who we really want in it? Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> also, we're going to throw a lot of money at it. Yes, this looks really freaking good. Ooh, a droid. Look. Oh, did yeah. You see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angels and demons of Star Wars. I mean, it's basically what it is. If we get to meet a Camerlengo. Played by Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and Monsignor Patrick. Three episode premiere. That's a lot for us. To I think cover. it's like I think it's like sixteen episodes. Good God! Yeah. Do you have any other questions? That's from a few good men. But yeah, uh, that is the casting Andor trailer. The just the Andor trailer. Um, um, I've come around on Rogue One a lot in the past. God, so many hours. Um, hours. <laughs> as your as your stance on Rogue One shifted in a matter of hours. All things are a matter of hours. Oh my god! I saw somebody. <laughs> to Buzz Lightyear, they are. I saw somebody yesterday. It was one of those like the difference between a million and a billion is something you can't 
comprehend. Right. And it's like a million minutes ago was slightly before or slightly after the pandemic started. And a, a billion minutes ago was slightly after Jesus died. Oh God. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Cause there was not a pandemic then. There were plagues. There were plagues. <laughs> what did we say the other day? That locusts, everything they're ever like, why do we have to be bringers of eagle evil? <laughs> I'm gonna play my stupid song. Locusts are nice bugs, guys. <laughs> we don't bite. Yeah. We don't, we're full of protein. It's like one day you're gonna see like a Sharks Against Jaws campaign. <laughs> it's like, guys, we're not actually that mean. Especially, I mean, it's mostly just the great whites. They're right. a little scary. Yeah, look at you humans. The great whites are pretty bad there yeah. too, jackasses. Yeah. Some of us are the Wabagong shark. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta show you the Wabagong shark. <laughs> this is the Wabagong shark. It's just a <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I can't it's a show where the shark parts are. Yeah, that's a great question. It's like that. That's the Wabagong shark. Oh, I, he's so pretty. Yeah, but I saw it. I saw it. Not, I almost said I saw an ad for the Wabagong shark. You buy a Wabagong shark I right saw, here. I saw a, but like a TikTok about the Wabagong shark, not an ad for the Wabagong shark. There's no like the big shark isn't promoting the Wabakong shark right now. It's not what's hot. The Macy's the, the, one day shark sale. The great white sharks, man. It's an industry plant. It's an industry plant. Um, I have some news. We're, do, we're doing movie news. We're not doing real this time, but it's similar, but it's not the same. Okay. I'm more interested in reporting right now okay. than I am. Although I do want hot takes. Okay. <sighs> first things first. Olivia Newton-John has died. God, a good way to tell this story. Um, she's in Greece. According to Buckingham Palace, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John has died. Stop! <laughs> Much like Princess Diana, Olivia Newton-John has passed away. I don't think it's much like Princess Diana at all. Olivia Newton-John was a heartthrob and then like a- You're the one that brought up Princess Diana. You said Buckingham Palace. Yeah, I was thinking of Prince Philip. When they do oh. the thing, like the, the, like I put the, the Prince Philip death announcement into the, what? Cause they played it on like radio one oh. in, in England, which is just where they play all the like grime music. <laughs> and it was just like in between two songs. <laughs> anyway, Olivia and John passed away this week. Uh, she's 73 years old. She was in Greece. She was not Kanicki. Um, she was also in the music video for the song physical, which was the longest running Number one hit in the 80s. I've never seen Greece. She was overall a uh, fun queen, fact. Queen. You've never seen Greece? Nope. I sure haven't. I've seen Greece. Yeah. My fiance gets on me for this all the time. How have you never seen Greece? I had no desire to watch Greece. It's Olivia Newton John. I don't know anything about Olivia Newton John. John Travolta. Yeah, I don't like John Travolta. What if Olivia Newton John's parents were Isaac Newton? <sighs> Please move on to your next slide. Apple. That's, that's Isaac's orb. That's a Da Vinci Code reference. Yeah. For those of you sitting at home, like, what the a knight fuck is a pope he? interred. <laughs> a pope, Alexander Pope. <laughs> Apple. This is just gonna sound like we're making fun of Olivia Newton John. I love we're you, not. Olivia Newton John. I don't know anything about I'm, her. I'm sorry. I, I don't know much about you, Olivia Newton John. But she's been the celebrity death. I think I've been the least sad about all year. That's a, like it's such a weird thing to say. Well, there's been a lot of important celebrities to me that have died. I guess. Son of the Hedgehog is returning for a part three. Uh, casting has not officially been announced, but Jim Carrey has retired from acting. 
uh, and was just cast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and apparently in Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't remember what he he's was doing. He's doing a great job of retiring. Yeah. <laughs> like most actors who retire from acting, he's doing a terrible job of retiring. Speaking um, of... Also, I'm pretty sure at one point he said he would come back for any Sonic project. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I believe that that was a thing that like, he was like, if they ever want to make more of them, I'll do it. I'm Jim Carrey. I'm Jim Carrey. You know who I can't fucking stand? Bruce Nolan. <laughs> Goddamn reporter out in Buffalo Drive. Right? That was He gets on the Maid of the Mist, has a fucking breakdown on nightly news. Like, buddy, your fucking news ain't in You're not in New York, okay? You're in Guy Buffalo. Guy thinks he's God. <laughs> I would pay $110 to see, see Bill Burr. Bill Burr. <laughs> I think if Bill Burr came to town, they'd be like, $110? Are you crazy? 55 tops. No, they get they get pretty decent money for those Connie shows at the Civic Center. Sorry, Sorry the Berglund Center. Burglary performing arts. Theater I think is where Nate Bargazzi selling for pretty decent money. Nate Bargazzi, I haven't heard his jokes in a long time. Oh, you're you're not on Nate Bargazzi TikTok. I I don't open TikTok very much anymore. Mm. I'm on Nate Bargazzi talks about being named uh, Nate and also Nathan at the airport TikTok. Ah, I've seen that bit. Oh, he's coming to the Berglund Center. I do want to talk to you real quick about um, fan casting. As long as we're talking about Jim Carrey in the MCU, there is an actor who is. Campaigning for the role of Charles Xavier. Do you know who it is? If it's not Sir Patrick Stewart, I don't want to hear it. I mean, yeah, if it's not Sir Patrick Stewart, I don't want to hear it, but who? You're literally going to hear this answer and be like, actually? I'm sure I am. It's Chris Pratt, isn't it? <laughs> Chris <laughs> Pratt is Charles Xavier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Blue, keep it down. His name's Beast. <laughs> Have you seen the video? Where they like, it's the scene where in Multiverse of Madness where Professor X like rolls out and introduces himself, but he does like kick flips and shit in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Giancarlo Esposito. Wants to play Charles Xavier? Yeah. I feel like he'd make a better like. Oh, he makes such a good Magneto. I mean, I, I don't know any other X-Men villains. I think that's the big one. Yeah. If he'd be a great Magneto. I think like racism is the other big one. He's great at that. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito could play whatever he wants. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård, if he wasn't already Eric Selvig, would be a great Patrick. I know. What Eric a Charles waste Xavier. in the MCU. What a way. Exactly. Eric Selvig was too small of a role. They even Stellan tried. They were like, what if he was a really big part of the first Avengers movie? Not just Thor, but, but also the first Avengers movie. He... Darcy didn't have a big part, but Stellan Skarsgård did. I need them to remake Face Off with Michael Fassbender and Tom Hiddleston instead of uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. That's my fan cast. Emily, are you at the door? Where is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Are you sure you left it? What kind of teeth does the Wabagong Lots of them. Uh, uh, face Off with Giancarlo Esposito and Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have more news? Yeah. Because we need to we need to wrap. We need to wrap Ola. I am Groot. It's Disney Plus yesterday. Tomorrow for us. Yesterday for you. you August tenth. You gonna watch it? It's like shorts, right? Like I have no desire to watch it. But did you not watch the trailer? It looks so cute. Yeah. Eh, eh, trailer for Maybe we'll watch all of it and talk about it next week. Maybe. I think all it's like episodes. I think it's like forty minutes of content. Oh well yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh Weird Al the movie. Has a release date, November 8th. It will already be out. November 6th, Weird Al hits the Roku. <laughs> On November 10th, it will also already be out. November 4th, though, you're out of luck. November 6th, it will hit the Roku channel. 
a Roku original for Weird Al Yankovic the movie called. I mean, it couldn't be anything else, right? Like, <laughs> like what a power play! I think originally, certainly, it had to have been scheduled to come out on Quibbly. Uh, and, no. and they were like, "Well, Quibbly died, so you need you need a weird streaming service to make the Weird Al movie, though. Like, it can't be." Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird Al. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Love that. Give me, give me that. I do want to highlight real quick: Keenan Thompson hosting the 74th Emmy Awards. Um, I don't know what that means to you, Ethan, but I love that Keenan Thompson is getting his own star on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, that's not how you get it. You don't have to host the Emmys to get your own star. But I do love that for Keenan Thompson. Both of those things happen. I could not care less about him hosting the Emmys. Yeah, I, Emily told me this, and she was like, it's a big deal, Kenan Thompson hosting the Emmys. I was like, I'm pretty sure he hosted the Kids' Choice Awards when I was a kid. Somebody's fact-checking right now. Absolutely no, he did not. That was Jack Black, you idiot. Usually, when the Emmys happen, it's just the shows I watch win a bunch of things. This is my thing. Is like I was looking through the... Because like if I don't... if it, it, I don't watch a show at this point unless somebody, like 55 people have told me to watch it. Well, my other thing with shows is there's so many freaking TV shows. It's like if you had the Emmys for books like the oscars for books it's like there's so many books that come out every there's well so, so you uh shows, you so you have books. a list of of emmy nominations in certain categories right so I, I only grabbed two i grabbed uh best supporting actor and actress which you want to cast that to the tv is that possible? oh yeah uh, it is sorry <laughs> it's, it's fine i just i didn't even notice um what happened <laughs> but for why though <laughs> i know why finn's listening to lullaby oh poor bear the halo theme is a lullaby poor baby uh, Not for listening to lullabies, it's just the fact that you stopped his lullaby. Well, when I cast it, it stopped them. Oh, okay. So uh, HBO and HBO Max led all networks and platforms with 140 nominations, HBO landing 108 of those. So I guess HBO Max is different. Than, I don't know, Hunter. Yeah, there's still like HBO official content and HBO Max exclusive content. Gotcha. Well, the Warner Discovery divisions uh, took the nomination crown back from Netflix. Uh, Netflix had 105 nominations this year. Hulu had 58, Apple TV Plus earned 51, Disney Plus took 34, and Amazon got 30. Uh, broadcast networks are done. They're, yeah, they like yeah, they've been done. They've been done. But this is a this is a streaming event. I don't really watch the Emmys. Uh, I got to that. It says Paramount Plus got 11. I get. I think that's all Yellowstone. Oh, I bet. And the, and the Yellowstone prequel. Um, but CBS got 29, NBC earned 28, and Showtime had 17. They're calling that a strong year. Paramount Plus earned 11, um, and Peacock got three, which I would say is still NBC, uh, and give them that over BS. Paramount Plus is also NBC, I believe. Uh, shows that had the most succession had uh, 25 nominations. Ted Lasso and the White Lotus had 20 each. Hacks and Only Murders in the Building had 17 each. Yeah, so like these are all, I don't know what the White Lotus is, honestly. Um, Hacks is one that's on the list. Succession is one that's been on the list forever but it's one of those ones where I like sort of felt like I wanted to wait for it to end first because it is an HBO show. So like it always has that possibility to just like be canceled mid season. Is that a Sopranos reference? No, that was a, uh, the newsroom reference. Oh, the Sopranos finished. I believe. Have you seen the ending of the Sopranos? Yeah. Where it's just like, and then I told Johnny click. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the line was. No, I know what you're talking about though, but I've seen all of Ted Lasso and, uh, all of Only Murders in the Building. Well, the first season, at least. Looking at these Emmy nods, uh, it does remind me Ted Lasso is in my top five. I think we talked about top five shows last week. Yeah. Um, Ted Absolutely. Lasso and Stranger Things, both in my top five. Absolutely. Um, this is, I just wanted to highlight Ted Lasso got three noms. 
in Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Brett Goldstein, Tohib Jimo, and Nick Muhammad. I think Brett Goldstein and Nick Muhammad, uh, who are the coaches, I can't remember the freaking character names right now, uh, uh, Roy Kent and, and Nate. Nate. Uh, I think that was like a shoe in but Tohib Jimo. Uh, Is that Sam? Sam Obisanya, yeah. Sam Obisanya. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good performance, yeah. but I don't think that was like a obvious. And uh, Anthony Kerrigan and Henry Winkler getting it for Barry. Absolutely. I don't know if Henry Winkler is like a canceled individual, but I on like he's I don't believe he is. If he is, I'm going to be very sad. I, I so will I because I love Henry Winkler. You should really watch Barry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. That, that a lot. It is his it is his like magnum opus. Um, outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Another three for Ted Lasso. Abbott Elementary is one that's been flying under the radar. What is Abbott Elementary? I, I, I don't exactly know. That is a Hulu show, I believe. Is it like actually about an elementary school or is it I about think so. like I think so. the umbrella? Okay. No, I think it is like a, a, like about an elementary school. Okay. I think. That was all I had. I just wanted to talk about those things. If you want more time. Who is Sarah Niles? Content, uh, you can. Because um, Juno Temple is Keeley and Hannah Waddingham is uh, Rebecca. Hannah Waddingham will win this award. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she won it last year. Yeah. Who is Sarah Niles? Is that the kindergarten teacher? Maybe. She's not in it very much. Why am I not allowed to look up Ted Lasso? That was weird. Sarah Niles. Sarah. Oh, Sarah Niles is, is Sharon. Oh my gosh. We're so stupid. She's going to win the award. No, it's still going to be Rebecca. <laughs> it's still going to be Adam Wanakam. I'm going to watch Absolutely. that show again. I love that show. Yeah. I did hear somebody say. They're filming they, season three right now. They forgot to be funny with season two. They forgot to make it funny. They made everybody sad. You know what? I can't stand. People that think that Ted Lasso is not funny. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. Um, that's all I got. Thanks, Vaishan. Thanks, Andrew Scott Bell. Music for this movie was by Michael Giacchino. The music for this podcast was by Andrew Scott Bell. Check out Andrew Scott Bell on TikTok where he's blowing up for his use of a beehive violin uh, in the score for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I saw, oh my God, I used to know the term for this. When people steal your content without crediting you, there was a term for this that Brady Heron and CGP Stolen Valor. No, it's something like that, though. Anyway, I saw people stealing Andrew Scott Bell's TikToks and not crediting him. Garbage sauce. I saw, like, like violent violin was the account. Well, screw that guy or girl or, or non-binary individual. Um, anyway, this has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. You go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs to join our uh, hash brown tier and get the show that we're about to do about uh, Tyler's thoughts on how the, the NBA should be reorganized. Um, <laughs> I'm very that. excited to hear that one. And, uh, also hit $10 for unedited episodes where you hear all the BS that happened during this, where Emily came down and looked for a book. Tyler um, farted. Ethan farted. Uh, Ethan farted a couple times. <laughs> big, big rippers. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we got nice high ceilings. Yeah. And then at, uh, $25, you get the Google hangout, which is happening in two days. Nope. Happening today. Happening today. today. Yeah. Oi. Oi. Anyway, uh, I've been Ethan Ashley. with Tyler Carlin. Um, Wait, well, wait, you didn't do scores. <laughs> oh, schnoot. Oh, my God. That's like the most important part of the show. <laughs> I don't even have sheets up. One sec. I got the listener score. Uh, in case you were wondering, the Wabagong shark has unsettling teeth. Unsettling? Unsettling. Oh, good God. Unsettling teeth. You're that welcome. Mean? That's what that means. For your, that, is your, that is your once hourly Wabagong shark fact from Ethan Etchell. You want to Google it? Fact of the day. Yeah, Google the Wabagong shark teeth. You want to Google it? What are you quoting? Me. Oh. I'm hilarious. <laughs> okay.
We gave it, or I gave it a 90. Ethan gave it an 85. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 75. Metacritic, which Metacritic listener, if you don't know, is the aggregate actual score of a variety of uh, film reviewers, whereas Rotten Tomatoes is the aggregate feel of a variety of film critics. So uh, like, a, like a, Rotten Tomatoes goes on a binary where like a 60 out of 100 is a one, whereas Metacritic, it's a 60 out of 100. It's a little fun fact for you. You can say, well, then Rotten Tomatoes is bad and Metacritic is good. Wrong. Lots of critics I don't agree with. So I would say the Rotten Tomatoes binary, better approach. Better chance I will at least somewhat agree with a majority Are you just on a mission to make this as long as humanly possible? I, You know, I think you are not on a mission to make this as long as possible. You're on a mission to go to bed. I am kind of sleepy. I'm a sleepy little guy. 84. Okay, last number. Uh, that is it for the Lister score, Bacon and Eggs, is an 82. 82. That gives it a Bacon and Eggs score of 82.7. Full screen. Da. Which puts it 82.7, rounds up to an 83, beats The Matrix by 0.1, uh, goes between The Matrix and Nope, which honestly kind of probably where I would put it. Anyway. You think this is better than The Matrix? Uh, no, I really like The Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I was to say. Maybe it's because I'm old. I like The Matrix. I can't remember if we were canceled for that opinion or not. So. I think we, I think we might have put Spider-Man No Way Home a little high. <laughs> No, dude, I watched it the other day and uh, literally tears strong. It's not better than Tick, Tick, Boom, though. Or oh. School of Rock. Tick, Tick, Boom. Or Encanto, honestly. Uh, I don't know. I, when I think about the recency bias that goes into these scores, I think I was more jazzed coming out of Spider-Man No Way Home than it. I don't think it's probably the case for everything here. I've seen Encanto more times than I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I have kids. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, anyway, this has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I've been the Angelis with Tyler Carlin. Until next time, arrivederci. And beyond. That was pretty good, Tim Allen. That was pretty good, Tim Allen. Tim Allen.